guys, welcome to Autastic, Comedian's Guide to Autism. My name's Kurt and uh, Graham. Tell us I, about this podcast. I'm Graham Kay. I am the co-host. Maybe you could hear it in Kirk's voice. Uh, Kirk's feeling under the weather. Uh, he's been feeling under the weather for a little while. And a fever for 12 days. 12 days. Driving me banana. Yeah, you, you, you uh, went to get uh, tested today for the, uh, yeah. the vid. The the Rome. So hopefully, I'll know in a week. They said. <laughs> oh boy. Well. Hopefully soon. I'm really sorry you're feeling poorly. I uh, offered to do this podcast myself, but we started talking, and then Kirk was like, "You know what? You can get three minutes out of me." So we're gonna do we're, we're gonna do an interview today. Uh, this is Autastic, the comedian's guide to autism. Kirk has an autistic son. I have an autistic brother. We're just trying to figure it out. Uh, we are not scientists, but today we are going to talk to a scientist, roving reporter, Jill Escher, um, uh, interviewed uh, in her series of interviews. Uh, this is a very interesting interview. Uh, David Traver, uh, I hope I'm saying that correctly. I think I am. He is a... Right. Yeah. He is a professor of cellular and molecular medicine at the university. But I think he's a doctor, too. Yes, uh, at UC San Diego. Um, and he has uh, quite the beard, if you Google him. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a longer interview. It's Usually we try and keep the scientific jargon to a, to just to a minimum. Um, but this is this is uh, actually a very interesting, informative interview. Jill uh, does a great job, I thought, of um, filling in the blanks and uh, and did a lot of research herself. You could tell before this interview. So if you're ever wondering, yeah, if you're ever wondering about um, medical marijuana, uh, maybe as a treatment for your uh, son or daughter or sibling or whomever. Uh, give this a listen. Uh, you might, you probably find it very interesting. All right. Hey everyone, it's Jill Escher, roving reporter for the Autastic Podcast, and I'm so excited today. We are talking about one of my very favorite topics. Drumroll, please. Medical cannabis. I am sitting across the table from Dr. David Traver. Hello, Dr. Traver. Hello there. Dr. Traver is a uh, physician here in the San Francisco Bay Area, and the majority of his patients are children and some adults on the spectrum. And in recent years, he's become known for his work. Of course, he's a physician, so he works with all kinds of medications and all kinds of therapies. Um, but he has worked as well with medical cannabis, correct? That is right. That is right, as have many physicians here um, who are dealing with issues like anxiety, sleeplessness, even in um, epilepsy and seizures. So, Dr. Traver, um, let's just start off this way and say uh, medical cannabis is legal in many, many states now, including California. Um, is it legal for children? It is legal for children as long as the parent is, um, you know, overseeing the therapy. Um, it usually is uh, incumbent for the parent to get a medical card of some sort, and depending on the state. And the card, would that, that recommendation card come from you as a physician then? It would come from a physician, correct. That's right. Okay. So. 
So it's it it can be legal, right? If you have at least in California, certainly physician's recommendation. Okay, um, and for what reasons? What are what do you call indications? Um, would a physician um, suggest the use of of cannabis drugs? Well, if we go with the most um, popular literature, it would be the leading edge for this has been, as many people know, seizures, epilepsy. Yes, and that was from work by others in NYU. Orrin Davinsky is a leader in that field. But that's not the only field that, um, or the only area in which cannabis can be applied. Um, I think the probably the most popular anecdotal area that it's used is that for anxiety, uh, as well as sleep issues, and um, a variety of other things as well. But those are the two uh, most popular areas that uh, attempt to be addressed by this, by this set of agents. Right. Now, I want to ask you two basic questions. When we're talking about medical marijuana or medical cannabis, people often use all kinds of acronyms and, you know, terms for their components like CBD, THC, you know, uh, you know indica, sativa, like, you know, it's this dizzying universe. Can you first tell us a little bit about what are these different components? Because I know they all have different chemical qualities, right? And then... Also, maybe tell us a little bit about what are you actually giving a kid? Are, are they vaping? Are they smoking? Are they eating a brownie? Are they <laughs> taking oils or tinctures? Like, uh, you know, the different forms of, of medications. Well, this is this is a hard question to to uh, address in, in a short time because it truly is like the Wild West out there. And this is the term that many people yeah. have heard. Um we are running. Uh, we are now running um, a set of agents through the population for anything from um, you name it to the more standard uh, issues that I just mentioned. Um, there are plant names. There are uh, fractions within the cannabis name. Uh, these are actual chemicals. Uh, there are. Um, um, uh, nicknames. So everything that you Purple just, Kush. Uh, yeah, I don't even exactly. know. Exactly. No, it, <laughs> you know, genie, whatever. And I think that it's important for people to understand that there is a very bona fide medical role for this, uh, set of agents in certain conditions. And there's actually literature to that effect in the peer reviewed journals that we typically go to as physicians for some level of information, reputable information, but there is also a plethora of um, undiscovered use, and that's kind of where things go in the common lore. I mean, people are using this for you name it. I stub my toe, I'm going to take some cannabis, and that's probably there are some severe limitations for that. But um, there are plant names. Cannabis indica, cannabis sativa were traditionally two different plant names, but even that really is more mired in myth now because the average strain now is no longer pure. It is a hybridized form and you have kind of this spectrum of ingredients depending on what you're actually taking. So in that light, I typically do not use any one plant. I typically use pharmaceutical grade, um, certified, uh, laboratory analyzed mm -hmm. uh, ingredients. Mm -hmm. that, and let's uh, be clear that cannabis is not FDA approved. It doesn't have to you know, go through the testing protocols, the quality protocols that an FDA-approved drug would. So sometimes you buy this stuff and you have no idea what it really is. 
I that mean, is absolutely correct. Yeah. And I, I, this is a very, um, it's a topic with an inverted pyramid form. What do you mean? Meaning that we all typically um, approach medic- medicine as give me the pill, tell me what to do with it, I'll take it, the directions are clear, and then I'm done, mm-hmm. hopefully. Cannabis doesn't work that way. Cannabis is something that we don't like this term in medicine, but it is a reality. There is a lot of trial and error in it because it is a set of ingredients, um, easily over 100 different fractions of, of different chemicals within any one um, extract, whole plant extract. And it is now being observed that it's not good enough, or shit, it's not a good way of putting it. The... Clinical benefits that you derive from cannabis therapy come from a whole plant extract and not an isolate, i.e. one of the chemicals that you can use. And the one that we typically learn about as doctors is the one uh, called Epidiolex used by uh, those who have seizures for things like Dravet syndrome. Um, But that is not typically as uh, beneficial for the average person. Uh, as again a whole plant extract which has this kind of ensemble effect and that's a that's a term Mm -hmm. or the entourage effect Mm -hmm. that also is a term that is able to call in these other fractions and there seems to be a a very noticeable benefit to that depending on what you use it for and i want to go back and mention one of the most common indications for cannabis absolutely is pain and the pain medicate the, the pain doctors doctors who are associated with pain they are much further along than the average md regarding mm-hmm. this this set of agents so right uh, cancer patients for example often turn to uh, medical cannabis for yes. pain and nausea and other and other reasons yes and so it is an anti nausea anti-emetic very very mm-hmm. good and um i typically tell my my families um, most of them, as I see, don't have cancer, so mm-hmm. I don't really use it for that. But um, it is—it can be used for a lot of different things. And it—I it, I don't want to get off topic, but it really—the the benefit of cannabis is that it is a homeostatic agent. And I know it's not—it's a lot of jargon. What it really does in the modern lingo is it balances out a host of different systems, for which we do not have a decent pharmaceutical agent uh, on the market. Mm-hmm. And in fact, because most pharmaceutical agents are one compound by definition, maybe two, mm-hmm. the ability for those compounds to render that kind of of gain is probably non-existent. But for cannabis, we have that, and it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I, from a clinical experience, uh, can you tell us about some of the experiences of your patients? Now, you said that um, prescribing cannabis, or at least recommending it, I mean, involves a lot of trial and error. But you see the benefit. Can you just give us a couple stories of where you, where you've seen it help? Sure. Um, the, uh, like, let's see. I have patients of different ages. Most of my I'm a pediatrician, so most of my patients are, uh, of course, below twenty one. Um, I do take care of some adults because of. Um, Issues that with which they struggle that are um, also related to, believe it or not, some of the same kinds of conditions we see in kids on the spectrum. But um, again, going back to what I, I shared, looking at anxiety, looking at sleep for those those two just off the bat. Um, recently, a, a young 
um, mm, high school, high school student age individual came in and they were on, and I know you didn't ask about this, but uh, it is not uncommon for people with anxiety, with concentration issues, with um, um, aggression um, to be on some sort of psychiatric medication. And, very uh, common. As, very common. Um, mm-hmm. And the parents really were interested in getting this young man uh, hopefully off, if not dosed down, titrated down. And the parents came in with this individual. He's actually a very intelligent young man, uh, articulate. Um, he's on the spectrum. And um, he actually was is so... Uh, with it that he has been able up to this point to basically obviously not a doctor um, relatively accurately predict what agents will probably work for him Mm -hmm. Um, but you know we don't typically listen to people who are sick because their 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 perspective is skewed so the parents came to me and and he was referred by another physician who knew that I'm involved with this and um the parents were really willing to try this. Um, very intelligent people. Um, appropriate caution, appropriate level of skepticism, but they also realized where this young man was was not good. And the agents, of course, you know this, carry with them side effects. Mm-hmm. And the side effects are sometimes prohibitive. Um, and so for him, he had his own set of side effects. And as well, the, the medication really wasn't working for him. But it's a it's reasonably high dose. So... We started him on a lower dose, very low, absurdly low, because uh, the mantra, of course, the is start lower low, dose, dose low. of what? Of of cannabis. But what when you say cannabis, what do you mean? Like, what was in it? So I started him on a tincture, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I typically use. Um, I do not use brownies. I do not use um, <laughs> gummies. Gummy gum, gummies, <laughs> or or now they have CBD infused water. You've you've seen that. Mm-hmm. I don't use any of those because. We are really looking for precision here. Mm-hmm. And as a doctor, I'm really not into being creative in a sense of, I really want to know what I'm giving my patients. Yes, and yes. Of course, they do too. Yes. So anyway, I gave them a tincture, and we started with a very, very low dose, start low, go slow, and we ramped it up over time, and I kept in contact with the parents, vice versa. And, and the tincture, sorry, CBD, THC combination, what it, was it? It actually is a is a, a whole plant extract tincture. Whole plant extract. But okay. with a ratio that is very high in CBD and extremely low in THC. Okay, um, THC is the psychoactive component. That is correct, yeah. yes. So CBD is the uh, non-psycho... The, the word psychoactive is a misnomer, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. everything One is, gets you stoned, the other doesn't? Right, or? right. I guess that's the way you want to put it, right? You know, I guess glucose is so psychoactive because yeah, right. we use that in our brain. Um, but you're right, Jill. So we started him on that and ramped up and over... Really, I think over a month, um, they were starting to dose down his um, antipsychotic, um, again, which had uh, this kind of its own, you know, on trail of effects, of side effects, and then increase cross titrate, if you will, uh, the the CBD, THC, and some of these other things Mm -hmm. inside it. And they noticed better sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, more focus, better. An- I don't tout this primarily as a, as a as a as a stimulant kind of thing with Adderall and all these other things. I don't tout that. I think you can get some of the some garner some effect, but they noticed better presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we know what that means. Um, attention, uh, better sleep, and mm-hmm. less um, anxiety and 
you know, and we're still at, frankly, we're still at the very early part of the curve on this, this individual. So I'm very... So you've really seen a number of benefits already and a decrease in the side effects of the old medication. Right, exactly. And that's been very encouraging, especially for somebody of this age, because I think parents are often, um, what's the word? They're, they're discouraged. Mm -hmm. They feel disillusioned that if their child is 20, 30 or whatever, that there's really nothing. I mean, I've done it all. You know, Mm -hmm. I've, I've had parents come in, I've done this all doc. And and I was like, okay, that's, I'm not going to tell you you haven't. I'm here to, I have a role, and that is to try to help your your, your son or daughter or mm-hmm. you, whoever, and I'm going to show you what I think I would try. So right. this has been very refreshing. It's been spontaneous, and it's been something that I think holds a great promise. Give me one other example of a clinical benefit that you've seen in one of your cases. The, um, the other issue has, of course, to do with um, what's anti... So this set of compounds both the CBD and the THC and some of the other attendant fractions mm-hmm. within cannabis um, hold a very strong anti-inflammatory benefit. Mm. So um, I've had uh, one patient who was an adult who herself was a cancer patient, um, and she came to me, um, and she's, she wanted to know what to do. And I, I said, well, I don't have a lot of experience with cancer, but I would try such and such. And it's noticeably um, her neuropathy. In other words, um, damage to nerve tissue, mm-hmm. altered sensation, sometimes pain, pins and needles, these sort mm-hmm. of things um, really are addressed by this agent. Mm-hmm. I don't think it takes everything away. I don't use the four-letter word cure, mm-hmm. and neither do, do, do most people of any repute. Mm-hmm. But I do think it offers a compelling benefit with, again, a compellingly low or even absent um, number of side effects. Right now, well, let's talk about that. Are there, what are the side effects of medical cannabis? What have you seen? I I have seen Sleepiness. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is almost embarrassing to say I've seen virtually nothing. Yeah. The one side effect I've seen is if it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So like anything else, it doesn't help everybody. It doesn't make you get taller. It doesn't make you... <laughs> necessarily lose weight i i think so i think that it is um uh an agent that if anything in some percentage of people it won't have any benefit or it won't have the same degree of gain mm-hmm. the other thing is is that this is important to note for cannabis there is no lethal dose and what that means in medical terms is unlike motrin or i shouldn't say that uh, ibuprofen or mm-hmm. virtually any other medication this pharmaceutical you can take a certain amount you're going to mm-hmm. pass away from this life, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's actually, it's called the lethal dose 50, LD50. For cannabis, that doesn't actually exist. And that's pretty, that's almost unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that you might happen in terms of the answering your question about side effects, if you drank the whole bottle of tincture, you might fall asleep. Like mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. you might get drowsy. Maybe mm-hmm. you'd have diarrhea, but nothing of the nature. Of course, no one mm-hmm. would would want to even think of what would happen if you had a whole bottle of tricyclic antidepressants. Your heart would probably stop. Right. So, so not that, and mm-hmm. that hopefully you know can encourage people to at least look into this. Yeah. So if they try it, they at least they, they know they aren't at risk for really hurting their their child. Correct. Um, so I want to talk about aggression. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I get a lot of calls from a lot of families um, who are desperate for for help for their aggressive or self injurious child, and I know several of them who've had incredibly you know good fortune you know using medical cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, 
have you seen that in your own practice? Yes. Um, aggression can be effectively addressed by this. Again, I don't think it helps every and any and every person. Mm-hmm. I think some of it actually, and you are, and you know this because you're an experienced individual talking to families, it, a lot of it has to do with what is causing the aggression, what's behind that, mm-hmm. and, and the different roots. And it obviously, it can be more than one thing. It can be, as we say in psychiatry, the the, the positive symptoms. The positive doesn't mean beneficial. It means the presence of a symptom that can propagate further pathological symptoms to be present. It can actually be... Um, it can be pain. It can mm-hmm. be discomfort, like you know, GI sure, issues. Sure, sure. So, so I don't, I don't think that this is something to just slap on somebody uh, without an attendant pursuit to find out what might be there uh, as well. And some parents have done that, some haven't, uh, some variable. So I think that it can help these individuals when a person is in crisis. This mm-hmm. is this. I guess some of these. Parents call me and they their child's in crisis, mm-hmm. and I let them know that you know they're looking for something, Jill. That obviously they wish they had yesterday. It's very hard to help somebody in that situation because there's usually some other medical conditions going on, and I have to be able to be responsible and go, okay, have you checked this, this, this? And right. they're on the phone. If you're a doctor, after all, it's right, your right, job. as opposed yeah, to, to maybe a friend. Under, yeah, look for underlying causes. Right, right. So I, I but aggression can be. A lot of aggression, as you may may surmise, comes from um, it comes from pain. Uh, it does address pain. Uh, but if a child is has you know blocked GI system, this is not going to unblock their mm-hmm. GI system. Uh, some aggression comes from anxiety, mm-hmm. anxiety that escalates to a this kind of fight or flight mode that they just cannot that's get my out son of. yeah right that's my son exactly this is something that can also address that but mm-hmm. let me say this in and i don't want to belabor the the response the issue is not can it help necessarily alone the issue is making sure that you are dosing the individual appropriately and sufficiently for the target symptom um, that you are trying to address. Mm-hmm. And let me be frank with you. Most of these symptoms in this population are not addressed by three drops of cannabis oil, okay? <laughs> and I think that uh, without even saying that, most people in the culture typically think it's going to take four or five drops because they're so they're, they're frigid with, with fear that I don't want to you know, cause my child to become a hippie or something. And so I'll only give them three <laughs> drops, and, that's, and then they stop when nothing works, mm-hmm. which is no surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, I have a friend. Uh, by the way, I do want to say mm-hmm. Autastic does not provide medical advice. <laughs> Dr. Traver is not providing medical advice. I provide no medical advice. Do not listen to us. But we're talking generally to provide information for our audience. Um, but I know some families who were using very, very low doses um, with their aggressive, um, severely autistic kids. And then they, when they went up to high doses, they found finally they had an effect. So, um, and often they, they do it in conjunction with some other medications that have been prescribed by their psychiatrists. So um, it's not just one low dose and one medication, at least in, in my observation of these families. Let's talk about research for a second. Um, There's not a lot of research on this. I mean, this is part of the reason we have to do trial and error is because, first of all, everybody's an individual. And second of all, because we don't really know. Um, 
And uh, there is some research with respect to seizures, um, but there is some research, especially like in Israel, looking specifically at the autism population. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that research is showing so far, even though we know it's kind of early days? Right. I won't get into, you know, the specifics of each study, but um, Israel remains the global leader in research on autism, the use of cannabis in autism. Um, a lot of it comes out of Ben-Gurion University. Uh, some of it comes out of Shara Zadek a Hospital. Uh, Dr. Adi Aran is one of the premier leaders. Um, Mashulam came out in the 80s, uh, you know, looking at the structure of some of these agents. So they, they are to be respected. And in my mind, uh, we are so uh, uh, embarrassingly behind in our country mm-hmm. uh, regarding this research. I think we're just basically the, 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 the first cell of our tiptoe is, is coming to the water. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so even there, though, they are still um, trying to get up and running. And um, I think that's 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 sort of the credit, but we need a lot more research. Um, the research out of that, I'll be sharing this um, study uh, in the future, but I think one of the most encouraging studies came out uh, recently um, at um, by um, Dr. Uh, Lee Barlev Schleider, and she did work with a, a team. It's always a team of people looking at um, basically about almost 188, 180, uh, by the end of the, the study, it was like 150, I think, uh, st- children, um, maybe less than that, actually, by the time some people dropped out, et cetera, um, looking at different um, uses of cannabis and uh, different co- for different comorbidities and different symptoms. Some of these children had epilepsy, uh, attention issues, Tourette's, other comorbidities were things like celiac disease and, of course, anxiety. Um, there were uh, there was a variety of benefit seen. I'm going to cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. The symptoms that showed improvement were restlessness. Over 90% showed improvement with that. Hmm. Um, rage attacks to the point of aggression, if you will. Uh, almost 80%. Uh, th- these, are, these are not trite numbers. Mm-hmm. I know they're not 100%, but, but let it be known to the audience who's listening that to get certain drugs through the 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 hoops that you have to jump through to get your your product on the market, you have to show e- effectiveness, efficacy at much much lower numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to make sure no one dies in general and at, at a compellingly larger number. But but yeah, and and so in sleep problems, sixty percent improvement. I mean, these are pretty great numbers. That's great numbers, yeah. yeah. So this came out, and I'll be sharing this again in the future. But th- that's just one of, and there are others in the past that have been done by the different groups over in Israel. Um, but uh, it's very encouraging. So uh, just recently, past few months, the American Academy of Pediatric and Adolescent Psychiatry, I think that's what they're called, came out with a statement opposing the use of um, medical cannabis in children and and adolescents. Um, I read the statement, and I was frankly surprised by it. Um, But um, uh, I think one of the concerns that people have is that there has been some research that suggests an increased risk for psychosis. Um, when cannabis is used in children. Um, so I don't know if you have any uh, anything to say a- about that, but um, I think it's a, it's a concern that the field seems to be turning away from this drug. Mm-hmm. I, I, as, as a disclaimer, I have not read that specific 
mm-hmm. uh, piece of, of, uh, of, of or, or statement by mm-hmm. the the uh, American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. Um, but I've read uh, similar uh, statements of concern. Um, like anything else, this is not something that you you know you drink water. Water pretty much won't hurt anybody. This is not water, but at the same time, like most agents, um, there are typically periods of neurodevelopment where you're going to be able to exert a leverage more impact than other periods of your life. One of those is prenatal, let it be known, and the other is adolescence. And those are two biphasic areas uh, on the life periods on the lifespan that that appear to be um, the most concerning based on the studies that have have evolved having said that um, as you might or the audience may know most of these people are not necessarily taking tincture they're smoking they're vaping and let it I don't think I have to be you know mm-hmm. the you know the prophet to say that vaping is not without Mm-hmm. harm mm-hmm. and um i think that you know it's it's made its own statement in the recent weeks but i i'm not into that i don't advocate that mm-hmm. um i i am advocating again a pharmaceutically uh derived uh you know certified third-party independent laboratory mm-hmm. agent that is um you know in um that's reputable so i don't think that most of the studies have have been done on those kinds of no, agents. they haven't. I actually it's, looked into yeah, it. yeah. It's more the what I just mentioned and smoking dope. Yeah, and you know, yeah. let's be let's be honest. I mean, I I don't I think we don't know what's in some of that stuff, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why the, the baby and the bathwater are really mm-hmm. sometimes right. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater right. on on this one. And right. I've seen um, a lot of kids on psych- psychiatric drugs, psychotropic drugs, uh, suffer very terrible side effects. And so um, I, I think it would be just a, a terrible shame, right, if we were to elevate those drugs, you know, above something that is, at least from what we can see today, relatively more benign. But, you know, I'm not, again, I am not giving medical advice. <laughs> I'm just saying as a political statement that um, I would hate to see to see this um, um, sidelined. So um, anyway, I don't, I, we're out of time. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? And can you tell people how to reach you if they have um, any questions or maybe want to visit your practice? Certainly. Um, I will add that I think this is an agent or set of agents whose time has clearly come and it is high time to uh, dispel the myths, the hearsay, and the stereotypes um, about this set of compounds that have a very bona fide uh, role in in uh, give, offering benefit and relieving suffering of a variety of different conditions. So um, that is certainly, I stand by that statement. Uh, people can certainly reach me as well. I, my website is www.d as in Delta, P as in Peter, T as in Tango, MD, dptmd.com. And I'm located in Foster City, California, and I'm very grateful to, that you had me on the uh, on the podcast. Well, uh, thank you for uh, talking cannabis with us today on Itastic, Dr. Traver. Thank you. All right. Well, it was great. What did you think, Graham? I loved it. I loved it. Uh, once again, that was David Traver. Um, and I, I, I thought, look, I... I uh, it, I've smoked marijuana once in a while, so I might know more about this than 
than other people than i do for sure yeah, yeah. i mean i i'm not a regular uh user i i have it at my house for guests and uh sometimes i dip into it myself when i'm having trouble sleeping or you know need to sleep um and i can say it definitely works for that at one point david said that he uh you know it, you can't die from it hold on a second there's a uh you know what i now that i'm not on the road and i'm just in my apartment all the time because of the quarantine um i've realized i didn't know i did not know this kirk but uh i live within a block of a fire station and Ooh. it is loud i don't know if you guys heard that well, you probably did but anyway, they, um, Dr. Traver was talking about how you can't die from um, taking too can't, oh, overdose, overdose from yeah. taking too much marijuana, uh, and that is true. Uh, and he, then they talked about you know what happens if you were to take the entire tincture or whatever, uh, you might just fall asleep. I could say that you might be you 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 would get very paranoid. It wouldn't you wouldn't just fall asleep. You would you would be. Uh, you would be very weirded out and not feel great for an hour to two hours, and then you then you probably fall asleep. I think one of the asleep, reasons, but this podcast is good is because we come at it from different angles, mm. and uh, and we have different. Our family members have different levels of autism, so it's like yeah. a different point of view. So I am very straight edge. Don't I don't smoke weed, but I think it would. Uh, I think it would be interesting for JJ because. You know, he talks about the psychoactive drugs, and JJ takes a, a antipsychotic as a mood stabilizer, as do a lot of autistic kids. Right. So I guess if you're hesitant on <clears throat> for these drugs because it's weed, uh, that's understandable. But you have to compare it to what the alternative is. So like, if, if he's taking a psychoactive something else, you know, if he's taking a, a, a antipsychotic, excuse me, that also has side effects, and that also is like serious medicine. So, yeah, I would probably do it if you are if you are scared about the idea of drugs, uh, just do a Google, do a Google on why marijuana was made illegal. Uh, I'll let you figure that out for yourself. Uh, but sometimes politics and not facts get in the way of things. And, you know, they are with these painkillers right now that they're prescribing it's it's basically uh heroin and but then a doctor prescribes it so uh, a meta no, you're you know, talking a, about a opioids company comes up with it so it's it's somehow classified in our brains differently um but i i can tell you that uh this is all science and uh you know like 80 percent for a, a, a diminishing in rage attacks i know that your your son uh has issues with rage sometimes, right? I don't know if that's calmed down. Mm. Yeah, and mm -hmm. also epilepsy and um, all, and all that. So I mean, maybe even for Peter, my brother. Yeah. And again, it's like remember that it's uh, the antipsychotic stuff is very strong medicine too. So something to just keep in mind, and when you look at it, remind yourself. I wouldn't like he said, like it's not water. But at the same time, I mean, the counterpoint to that is, I mean, the antipsychotics are not water either. But Those are like yes. serious drugs. Yeah. And the fact that it can cover so many different things with one uh, drug as opposed to having to take six different drugs uh, to take yes. care of the rage and psychotic and uh, sleep problems and, you know, whatever. You guys get it. Um, 
we're not going to, I'm not going to talk anymore about uh, dissecting what the, the doctor said, because obviously I'm not a scientist. I'm just a guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was curious what you thought about that with your son, Kirk. Um, did, did, is that another episode? Did we do it? Do we use up all your energy for the day? I'm done. I'm sweating like yeah. nobody's business over here. Yeah. yeah, I can't stop sweating. Okay. Uh, guys, this is a, a tough time for a lot of people. We know there's a lot of people out of work. What you can do for us, as always, is just share this podcast. It means a lot for us. If you would take this time to share this podcast, a lot of people downtime looking for stuff to listen to, send them our way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can yeah. find me on Instagram, K. <laughs> on Instagram. You can find me at Kirk Smith Comedy. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, guys, uh, send, send Kirk some love. He's been feeling under the weather, and you know he puts on a brave face. But uh, 12 days, I'm, unbelievable. You can tell he's pretty ordinary. Ordinary? Ornery. Ornery. Uh, ornery. Yeah. Anyway, um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Stay safe. I'm sure you're treating it uh, very seriously, uh, but continue to do so. Kirk, you're going to be fine. I, I know it. And uh, just, you know, stick, stick with it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could talk thanks, to you. Bud. Yeah. Have a great week, guys. You can do it. (laughs) You can do it. So can you, Kirk. Bye.